Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Good morning. My name is Pastor Aaron Varner. Good to be with you. Glad that you've joined me in this great opportunity to celebrate and worship our great God. If you have your Bible, if you would turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20. We're going to look at the first 16 verses. I'm going to go ahead and share with you that I think uh, this morning will be a little bit shorter, okay? And that's just to give you a heads up because sometimes, you know, I can be a little long-winded and you're waiting for something more. And if I end quickly this morning, you know that there's no more. So that means pay attention, don't miss it, okay? Um, excited to see the sun out, the sun shining. We are approaching um, Resurrection Sunday and celebrating that in just a couple weeks. I do want to let you know that we will have our Tenebrae service on the Thursday night at 7 o'clock before Easter, leading up to that. Um, I was talking to uh, somebody this week, I forget who, and they were just uh, sharing with me how much they appreciate that service um, because it helps them to celebrate more on Sunday. It helps them to realize, and for a couple days there, that you go home Thursday night and Friday and Saturday, and you just think about what Christ did and and uh, and the rejection and the the pain, the suffering that He went through, and that that, that individual said how much um, they appreciated the celebration, and it made it that much sweeter on that Sunday. And so, if you if you want to, please make plans to join us on that Thursday, uh, seven o'clock for the Tenebrae service. Um, I want to share with you some encouragement, some excitement. Um, it's always good to see answered prayer, right? And sometimes we pray and we ask the Lord to work, and sometimes we don't see that uh, working as we think or um, how we think it should. And so I just want to share with you a little bit um, from a meeting that I had Thursday. I was down at Skyview Ranch, and uh, many of you know I serve on the board there and uh, with Rick Courtwaysey and we were down there and we were meeting together as a board and uh, we're at a stage on our building project uh, where we are um, running out of money. And so it comes to that point where when you have a two point something million dollar building that you're trying to do um, and you get to 1.9 uh, two million and you're missing another couple hundred thousand dollars. And so um, Part of our issue from before was uh, some decisions in the past uh, led the camp to be in um, in debt quite a bit. So over $800,000, the camp was in debt. Um, and God's provision for Skyview was the fire. And we would never have chosen that, but God provided um, so that we would be able to pay that debt off. And then COVID hit. And it really was... God's working and God's plan because there's, uh, I'm not sure if Skyview Ranch and the ministry that, that it has and will continue to have would have been there if not for the fire. Um, and so it's just God's provision and his plan. And so we've seen God's hand over and over again. And, uh, and so we know we need to get in this building um, by summer because we're planning on having campers. And, uh, and so we need to get the kitchen finished and, and beautiful building. And, and, uh, I'll show you some pictures maybe in the weeks to come, but the story I want to share with you is we, as a board were sitting and, and, um, our devotional time to start the morning off was about Gideon. 
And Gideon, uh, God had asked Gideon to raise up an army and to go fight. Um, And so in doing that, Gideon wanted to make sure that that's really what God wanted. And so he would throw out the fleece. He would lay out the fleece. And part of that was asking God to make the ground around it wet and then the fleece dry. And then he asked the second time the fleece to be wet and the ground around it dry. That might have been flipped, by the way. Um, But he did it twice and, and God provided And then he went out and he recruited an army. And in recruiting that, God said that you have too many men. And so he kept windling it down, windling it down to where it was going to be an impossible, impossible feat for Gideon and his army to defeat the enemies. But they could do it because of God's help and because of God's working. So that was our devotional leading into it. And then we spent some time in prayer. Some time in prayer knowing that uh, we have this... Uh, shortfall in funds, and uh, we really don't want to take any loans out, but that um, we were at it at, at a place where we just, we didn't know what to do. And so um, we, we just prayed. And in the middle of that prayer, um, one of the guys got, the guy, um, the pastor who's in charge of the building, got a phone call. And uh, we, were, we just continued praying. He stepped out, um, and he came back after we were praying. And, uh, and somebody had called and said, hey, we would like to, um, we're going to provide all of the dirt work, the excavation, and the seating, and everything else, uh, which was close to $60,000 uh, worth of, of work, that they were going to provide that. And, uh, and, and many of us, as, as, uh, as Floyd shared that, were just in tears. God didn't provide all of the money yet. But we're confident that God is going to continue to provide. And I just share that with you because it was just an evidence once again that our God, he hears our prayers and he has a plan for each one of us. And he has a plan for your life as much as he has a plan for my life. And, and he will accomplish his things in his timing and according to his plan. And, and we can trust him. I think that's one of the most encouraging things is uh, we, we, we left that meeting through the whole day, we left that meeting and we still didn't make a decision as far as on funds. And we said, let's just pray about it for a week and, and then we'll come back because there's some decisions we have to make as far as kitchen, um, buying kitchen things and because of uh, stock and being on, on, on layaway and all, not layaway, but on back order and other things that have to be there uh, for the summer. And so um, we're just praying, and I would just encourage you, if you would, pray with us uh, that God would would rise up in a way that we wouldn't even know uh, and provide for his ministry there at Skyview Ranch as they continue, as we continue to desire to see families, uh, children, adults come to know Jesus and to grow in their faith. And so pray with me if you would, but let's praise the Lord also for his work and his provision. God is awesome, and he provides in all awesome ways. Um, I don't have $60,000 just laying around. Um, maybe you do, and maybe God wants you to give it to Skyview. Um, I don't know, but I know that God had at the right time, according to his plan, someone call and say, you know what, we're going to cover this expense, uh, because we feel God has led us. And that's just so exciting. And to know that, that it wasn't our doing, but it was God's doing. This morning, I was reading in my my time with the Lord, um, about how God forgives our sin. And it was a reminder to me, um, just how it's all paid for. 
because of his grace. And yet so often we can come into church and we can even come into a time like this where we're just ashamed, where, where we come in with a heavy burden. And God doesn't want us to walk in his presence with that, uh, whether that's daily or coming to worship together. And, and I just want to read to you a passage before we dig into the book of Acts um, from the book of Colossians and, and where Paul just wants to um, re-emphasize to the people in Colossae there about the forgiveness of God. It's not up on the screen. You can turn there if you want, Colossians chapter 2, or you can just stay there in Acts. Uh, he says this in verse 13, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against it, it stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. We've been forgiven, and every one of our sins has been nailed to the cross. Isn't that amazing? We have an awesome God who desires for us to continue to keep pursuing him in our relationship. And so I just share that as we start this morning as an encouragement to you in your faith to know that when we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness and to know that the penalty has already been paid. It's been nailed to the cross. It's already been cared for. You just have to go to the Lord. He wants to hear from you. So before we dig into the book of Acts, would you take just a moment here and would you... Um, would you talk to the Lord? Maybe, maybe there's something in your life that you're, that's burdening you down, that's holding on to you. Maybe, maybe you're overwhelmed with guilt. Maybe, maybe you need to be convicted of your sin. Let me encourage you to confess it to God, though, that, that we are forgiven. We were dead in our trespasses, in our sin. There was no hope for us, but yet Christ, he took it. He took it all canceling the record of debt that stood against each one of us. Let's pray. Lord, as we sit in this moment, Lord, I just want to thank you for your goodness. We are undeserving of your grace. Sometimes in our pride and our arrogance, we think we deserve more. But the reality is we deserve a whole lot less. Lord, this morning we want to thank you for the forgiveness that you offer. And we want to claim that as our own. Believing that Christ died for our sins. According to what the scriptures tell us. That upon the cross, Jesus took all of our sin and the penalty that was due and he nailed it to the cross. And there Jesus hung on our behalf so that we could have hope, so that we could have peace, so that we could have an eternal relationship with you, Lord. Thank you for that gift. 
And we thank you for the gift of the resurrection where we see that Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered sin and death and he gives us victory today. Lord, we are sinful people. You know that. You see that in our life. There's nothing that's hidden from you. And so we come to you in this moment with all of our struggles, with all of our shortcomings, with all of our failures, asking that you would forgive us, please, as we confess our sin to you. You take us, Lord, and you make us whiter than snow. We praise you and thank you for that. Thank you that you are righteous and holy and that out of ashes you can make beauty. Only you can do that, Lord. Help us as we dig into your word a little bit deeper here in the book of Acts. Open our minds and our hearts to what you would have us to hear. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we jump here into the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20. And there are two different um, parts of this that we're going to look at this morning in verses 1 through 16. Um, the first is that um, we're going to see that, that Paul is, is moving. And as he moves from one place to another, he continues to share um, not only the gospel, but he's teaching, he's training. Um, the other aspect we're going to see is there's, uh, there's a story of this uh, young man, um, Eutychus. And this is a pretty cool story um, because sometimes as a pastor, you see people who are nodding off, who are, who are sleeping. And uh, even the Apostle Paul had somebody sleeping and he falls out of a window. We're going to look at that in just a moment. Let me encourage you, if you just need to lean up against somebody so that you don't fall over today, it's okay, all right? Um, what's neat about this passage as we will look at it is, is, uh, is a few different things. But one of the things that I really want us to take away is Paul, in his pursuit of sharing the gospel, was not alone, all right? He had others with him. Uh, as he was continuing to travel and to go around, he had, he had friends of the gospel. He had friends and others who were sharing and were teaching with him. And sometimes I think we feel like we're all alone, um, but we shouldn't feel that way because we have the church. We have the body of Christ. And Paul, this passage is, is kind of unique in the sense where it's not like the rest of the book of Acts. There's really a little bit more detail into the people who are with Paul here and some of his travels, the places that he's going. And so as we read through this, I'm going to read through it. I've practiced it. I was reading through it out loud this morning. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of crazy names and crazy places, okay? I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. And if I say it wrong, so, so be it. It's okay. Um, let's read it together, though. Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. It's also up on the screen for you. 
After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell, and he departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through these regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months. When a plot was made against him by the Jews, as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Peter, the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Artisus, and Sedecus, and Gaius of Derby and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus, these went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi, and after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. And there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered. And a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul uh, talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, bent over him, and taking him in his arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. When Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a little while until daybreak and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. But going ahead to the ship, we set sail for Assos, take, intending to take Paul aboard there. For so he had arranged, intending himself to go by land. And when he had met us at Assos, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. And sailing from there, we came the following day opposite Chaos. And the next day we touched Samos, and the day after that we went to Miletus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. So a couple things. Let me show you first on the map, all right, uh, of what's going on here. And as we look at this, this is the first one, but I, I think I found uh, zoomed in one. So let's go to that. So as you can see, uh, Paul is down and uh, where he was before he was at Ephesus. And we see in chapter 19, the riot that was going on down at Ephesus. All right. And then he, then he leaves Ephesus after the uproar. Uh, he, he departed for Macedonia. Macedonia is that region up at the top that we see. And so moving to the top, Paul's going to move across. He's now returning back uh, on a return trip back to Jerusalem. And so this is his third journey. And as he's gone through, um, this time he will, he will sail through and he will ultimately end there at Troas. One of the neat things that we see there in Troas is in 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 12, and 13, Paul is going to Troas to meet up with Titus, but Titus isn't there. And so Paul loses a little bit of, uh, he's a little bit discouraged. And so there's, there's purposes and, and plans as Paul's traveling from place to place. Um, Dr. Luke tells us that part of his goal was to get back to Jerusalem for Pentecost and the importance that he really wanted to be there for that. But we also see, again, he had some other things. And part of that was meeting up with some of his fellow brothers who were sharing and who he was sending out and spreading the gospel. 
And so we see that in the fall of 54, Paul was in Ephesus. Um, and in the spring of 57, he probably writes the, the letter, the first letter that we have um, to the church in Corinth. And then Paul leaves Ephesus after spending over two years there. And he goes to Macedonia roughly in the summer of 57. And then uh, Paul's going to travel through Macedonia. As he travels through Macedonia, he writes the second letter that we have, um, 2 Corinthians, in the fall of 57. And then he moves to Greece. Um, and, and Galatians is probably written there in the winter of 57. And then Romans is written later in uh, the spring of 58. And so we see as Paul's going on and he's traveling, he's also writing. And writings were, were big for him as he, he wanted to have contact with these churches. And some of the, the men that are listed here uh, were, were big um, in, in the church and even sending out the letters. Because if you look at uh, Tychicus, um, he, he's there and he's mentioned also in Ephesians 6.21, Colossians 4.7. Because he was the one who was delivering those letters. He was there with them. As, as Paul wrote and recorded for them, Tychicus was going and he delivered the letter and he helped give follow-up uh, follow instruction to them. And then we see him mentioned also in 2 Timothy 4.12 and Titus 3.12 as well. Um, I won't go into too much of each one of those characters, but mainly just to say, again, Paul isn't alone. Sometimes we think the Apostle Paul, and we look at, at Peter as they're, as they're going and spreading the word that, that uh, maybe they're out and they get a friend here or there. No, there are faithful men and women who are, are along with them who continue to help spread the gospel, and they are doing what, what Jesus has said. I want you to go into all the world. And we saw that in the very beginning of, of this letter, of, of, of this book that's recorded by Dr. Luke in, in the book of Acts. To start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And so we see that. So verse 7 tells us that on the first day of the week, they're there, and Paul's traveled, and he's, uh, he's there, and he's going to leave the next day. Um, but I can imagine as they meet in this upper room, they're asking Paul for more. They're hungry. They want more. They want to understand more. And so, so they have this understanding. Dr. Luke tells us that they know that Paul's leaving the next day, so they want to get as much as what they can. And so they're trying to utilize this, and Eutychus is kind of sitting in the window, and there's lots of lamps going on, and Eutychus falls asleep. Well, Paul continues to keep preaching. He keeps teaching. He's showing them the truth of God's word and, and probably a lot of taking the law and the prophets and showing them from the old, what well, is our Old Testament and showing how Jesus fulfilled that and how, how God calls them to live as the church and giving them explanation. And it says there were many lamps as they were gathered. And it says Paul kept talking longer and longer. And so when you think that it's bad when you come and sit and hear me. It could be worse. It could be longer and longer. Uh, I just share that. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we have to check our own hearts, right? And I know we live in a, in a society that is run more by time uh, than, than before. But let me encourage you. Sometimes we're not hungry for the word. And we see these people were hungry for the word. They didn't care what time it was. They knew they had a limited time 
with Paul, and they wanted more. They wanted to understand more. And so Paul kept teaching them. He kept sharing. He talked to them longer and longer. And so this Eutychus, he falls from a third-story window, and they think he's all dead. Paul goes down, and he's like, wait, his life is still in him. Now, whether he was dead and Paul brought him back to life or whether his life was still in him, um, I think there was something miraculous that happened, okay? I don't know exactly what that was, but I know the fact that we saw Dr. Luke records for us in just the chapter before, they were taking, taking handkerchiefs and just articles of clothing of Paul's and people were, were, were being healed. Paul wasn't even there, and yet here is Paul in person, and he goes down over this child, this, this boy, and he's healed. And so we see the power of God through Paul. And so that these people, as they witnessed this, I love how Dr. Luke says it, they were not a little comforted, meaning they were a lot comforted. Because think about that. Not only is Paul teaching you, but then this tragedy happens. This boy falls out of the window, and you think, oh, this was all going so well until this. The boy falls, Paul goes down, the boy, is, he, he's healed, he's all better, he's back to life. Not only did they hear the teaching of God's word, but they saw the power of it before them. The story that I shared with you about Skyview, I, I share as an encouragement because sometimes, sometimes we miss seeing the power of God. And God is at work all around us. Now, it may not be the way we want it to be. God may not always heal those who are sick and those who we love. But God is still in the process and in the work of doing miracles amongst us. God can do amazingly and abundantly more than we can begin to imagine. That's our God. And so as we hunger and as we learn, we also get to see as we live out life, the realness of the truth of God. See, we don't, we don't separate the truth of God's word from living life. That's why you shouldn't come into church on a Sunday morning and then walk out and act differently. No, it, it's taking the truth that you hear and that you, you, you gain and that you glean and, and that you should be doing even as you are, are, are in the word every day and you're living that out and you get to see opportunities where God is going to show you the truths of that. And that's what we see here in this, in this passage. And we see in verse 13 where then Paul continues to travel. And as I shared a little bit, Paul moves to ultimately to Troas so that he can find his buddy Titus because he wants to catch up with him. He wants to see how he is. And he's not there. And so he's, he, he, he's a little concerned. Um, but the cool part is, as we look through this, again, we see that not only were these men here listed, but notice the, the, the term that is used by Dr. Luke over and over again in this section. He says, we. That means Dr. Luke was along too, and he was witnessing. He was seeing exactly what was going on. This was firsthand he wasn't hearing about this story of Eutychus. No, he got to witness it and see it right before him. He was traveling with Paul. He got to see Paul, Paul in his heart. He, he could witness these other men as they, were, as they were coming along and ministering to Paul and ministering to others that Paul was. Paul wasn't alone. 
And the truth is, you and I are not alone either. We have the church. We have one another. And so as you go out leaving today, I want you to be encouraged. I hope that you're encouraged that God can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can begin to imagine. And that also that you're not alone. That there are other faithful men and women who continue to live their lives out in a way that seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not alone. Now, are there a bunch of imperfect people here today seeking to serve a perfect God? I didn't hear any amens. I'll claim it. I am imperfect. All right? We are. And so take, take, take comfort that I think sometimes we try to find the perfection in everybody. And when they don't meet our standard, we can, we can, get, we can get bitter. We can get upset. We put a wall and a barrier, but this is who God has chosen to bring together as the body of Christ to encourage one another. And so may we walk out of here greatly encouraged. We're not alone. There are others seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. You may say, well, maybe, uh, maybe there's some who aren't, aren't seeking the Lord as much as what you want. Let me encourage you what I read from Colossians. Don't, don't you hang don't, don't you hang back and be burdened because the way God looks at you and views you, he sees that Christ paid for all of your sin. That doesn't give us a license to live however we want, but we live in such a way that, that is free, that allows us in a relationship with Jesus that, that we can experience joy, that we can experience peace, that we can experience the Lord that, that isn't there saying, no, don't come back again. You, are, you already messed up too many times. That's not our Lord. And that's not the way we are to live and the way we look at one another. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the encouragement that we see here as Paul travels. Lord, he wasn't alone. There were other faithful men and women who who were serving and who were sharing the good news. Lord, we even saw it back in chapter 19 where, where some of the brothers were protecting Paul by not allowing him to go into the arena, knowing that there was harm to come to him if he did enter into that. And yet, Lord, um, we see some of those same, those same faithful men who we're standing up and we're shared the gospel before. Aristarchus, who back in chapter 14 heard of the gospel and Lord then later was taken into the arena, was suffering for the cause of the gospel. And yet Paul sought to minister and to encourage them. Lord, thank you that we can find encouragement with one another, that you've given us this wonderful body of Christ, even in all of our faults and all of our shortcomings, that we have one another that we can look to and, and enjoy fellowship and enjoy the growing together. And I pray that you would continue to grow us closer to each other and closer to you, Lord. I pray that this week we would love you more, not by just what we do, our actions come out of our heart, Lord. 
And so I pray that our heart would be closer to you. That you would help us to be in your word more this week. That you would do some wonderful things showing us how awesome a God you are. And that our eyes would be open and that we would see it. And that we would give you praise and thanks. Knowing there is so much of our lives that are out of our control. But we know that you are worthy to be trusted and for us to place our faith in. And so help us to do that more this week. To trust you more. To love you more. And to also, Lord, that, that we would reach out to the body. Maybe there's people in our minds and in our hearts that you've placed there for us to reach out, to minister, to touch, to call on, to encourage Help us to be obedient in that for the strengthening of the, of the body of Christ so that others may see our love for one another and so the world will then see you. We thank you again, Lord. You are so good to us. We praise you and thank you for your goodness. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior.